never been any teacher like this. There's never been anyone that can consistently provide these signs, wonders, and miracles. Something about this guy. So we're going to bring our friend to him. And I could, well, what do we do now? How are we going to get in? Well, darn it. We should have got here earlier. That's what happens when you show up late to church. Should have came earlier. Should have left earlier. I knew we should have left about 10 minutes sooner. No. I can't. I don't, I'm not going anywhere. And I could see the, the guy on the bed. Let's, let, I gotta see the, I gotta see the rabbi. I've gotta see the teacher. I've gotta see him. What do we do? I got an idea. Let's break a hole in the roof. Let's tear up this person's house and let's get him in there. I'm gonna do what it takes to get in front of Jesus. Are we ready? Hallelujah. Let's get started. No, he wants to stay with Pastor Tony. Hallelujah. <laughs> so now, now back to Mark 2. <laughs> We've busted a hole in the roof to let our friend down who's paralyzed. And when he appears before Jesus... Jesus, I love it, it's, it's, it's from last week, it's, it's verse 5 of chapter 2. When Jesus saw their faith, He said to the paralyzed person, Son, your sins are forgiven. Son, your sins are forgiven. See, look, at, for Jesus, it's not about just having a paralyzed person get up and walk. Oh, that's what they wanted, no doubt about it. But for Jesus, it's about eternity. It's about that sin. And we know what happened. All of those in attendance who were the religious people were highly offended because only God has the, the authority to forgive sin. And so Jesus said, so that you'll know that the Son of Man proclaiming exactly who He was, right out of Daniel, He told them who He was so that you'll know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sin. What's harder? That I should tell them to walk or that your sins are forgiven so that you'll know, get up and walk. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So my brothers and sisters, that leaves me in a place. I thought I was going to minister something else, but the Lord has just been crushing me, and I just can't get over that. Jesus, right to the point, because that's what's important, and we look at so many of the... Yes, does Jesus want us healed, and does He want us healthy? Does He want us that? Yes, and He's provided all of that for us, but the first thing is the first thing. Romans 6, beginning in 20. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do. Anybody ashamed of some of the things you used to do? Amen. But, you know, here's the great thing about it. I don't suffer and linger in that anymore. I regret those things that I did. I wished I knew God at an earlier age. And even some of those things that I did after I knew God, and I was a baby Christian, and I look back and I say, man, how silly was I? My brothers and sisters, oh my God, but God, but God. Hmm. So I don't have to be ashamed or, or, or afraid or I don't have to be, feel any guilt or anything like that. Yes, I was ashamed of the things I did. Those things, the end of those things were eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift, of, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? 
the wages of sin, this is spiritual law, the wages of sin is death. God isn't anxious to put everybody to death. That's just spiritual law. When you sin, that's the result. Come on. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The gift of God. Now, let me ask you, we're in that season now. What's on your gift list? What's what's on your gift list? What's on your list? Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ our Lord. My brothers and sisters, I'm going to throw up a few scriptures, and everything here, those of you who have been in Christ for a while, I mean, you're going to know all of these scriptures, and you think, well, this is so foundational, it's so rudimentary. Why why did I come here? Just hang. I'm just telling you. Just hang with me. All have sinned. How many? All. Isaiah 53, 6. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own path. Yet the Lord laid on Him, who? Jesus, the sin of us all. My brothers and sisters, can there be any doubt that as a human race, we need help? Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10. The heart is deceitful above the human heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. See, my brothers and sisters, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. At the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, and the actions follow the words. So we can go ahead and modify our behavior for a little while. But when we are under the gun, what's really inside of us will come out. And that's what God is saying. You know, you can be good and you can you know, attain to a golden rule, quote unquote, but I'm concerned with what's on the inside of you. So there are going to be some tests and trials. There's going to be some everyday life stuff that's going to come up alongside of you, come up against you to see what you're really made of. Because in, Now, the reason, my brothers, the reason why I came here is because I, I know people I know people. I got a guy. (laughs) I know people. And you know people. And especially this time of year, if those of us who are truly, truly born again disciples, you know, we don't, this is an opportunity. This time of year presents so many opportunities for us to to try to make disciples, to try to witness Jesus Christ. I mean, it is what it is, right? So now, so many times as we're in this season, and really all year round, you know, generally... I run into people think, well, basically, I'm a good guy. Basically, I'm a decent person. Comparing themselves to what's going on in, in the world, rel- relatively speaking. In, re- in relatively speaking, probably everybody in this room is a decent person. Relative to what? Relative to what's going on in the world today. But that's, that, that, that's, that's our, our righteousness is filthy rags unto the Lord. You know, our goodness is, is garbage as it relates to God's goodness. God's standard is way up there. And the best human being who ever lived his life outside of Christ can't even come close. But in Christ, my brothers and sisters. So why, Pastor, I mean, yeah, most of the people in here, I'm guessing most of the people in here are saved, have made a profession and are trying to walk with Christ. So why? Pastor, and especially so close to Christmas. Why do you want to rain on me, man? Why do, why do you want to... 
Now, let's go to Hebrews chapter 2. Therefore, we must give more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Which at first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will, God's own will. Amen? So, so obviously, neglect so great a salvation is, is where, where, where I'm being pressed right now. And, 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 I'm, and I don't think it's, it's, it's a pressure point only for Tony. I think it's a pressure point for all of us. And I think, my brothers and sisters, we come so far, especially those of us who've been in church and, and who have been in Christ for such a long time. And, you know, sometimes I think we just get a little bit nonchalant about what has been given to us. And I think sometimes because it's crept into the, the, the culture, has crept into the church, and then we're talking about f- philosophies and, and we're mixing some of the, uh, the world views from outside the church or human emotions and, and, and things with the Word of God, which they can't be mixed. What, what do you mean, Tony? Well, listen... I, I, I don't need to go to church to say, oh, well, basically there's good in everybody. No, there's none righteous, no, not one. I, I don't, I don't want to go to a church that says all humans are inherently good or, you know, hey, you know, if you're trying real hard, that's good. No, no, no. I, I need to know what the truth is and I need to know that Jesus Christ did what he did because I could not be good enough. Jesus Christ did what he did. He... he he was tortured beyond belief. He did what he did because I could not do it myself and because there is no good in me. And I know this turns a lot of people off, especially those who uh, have high degrees of education or who have a lot of money and, and who have achieved some things in their life maybe. And, and maybe even those of low stature or low you know, socioeconomic standards. Maybe they don't, well, because they don't see anything really happening that's working in their favor. They've heard about this God and this Jesus that's been talked about and they see these people coming in there at a church and, and the beat goes on. He saved me. He saved me. That word salvation, it, it, it's the root word is zozo. It's the Greek word is zozo. You know what that word salvation means? To heal, to deliver, protect. All of that, that word, it's, it's basically to be delivered. Delivered from what? John, <laughs> I, let me just go. John eight thirty four. Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I've been delivered. I'm no longer a slave to sin. You know that we are together on Wednesdays and we're studying now. Uh, still, we're going back and forth in and out of that multiply, in and out of the disciple thing. And now we're talking about, the, the last time we talked about the fall and, and you know, how things changed. And, and my brothers and sisters, you know, from the point that Adam and Eve um, fell and disobeyed God, we're all 
now born with that nature, the nature of our older brother Adam. And Jesus came to, to restore us back to that original nature, that nature, that God, this God nature. We have that in Jesus. And we've been delivered from that old... Listen, we've been li- de- delivered from that old nature. No longer do we have to practice sin. See, we couldn't help it before. That's, wh- that's what we knew. That was natural to us. But Jesus did what He did so that we can be delivered from that and now we can listen, 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 listen. Now we could receive God. Now we can hear from God and we can receive His Spirit and now we have the power over even our own flesh to walk the way that Jesus has called us to walk. Listen, without that, I can't do it. So, okay, so so now as a natural man, I'm going to say, okay... I've got some willpower. I can do certain things. So I'm going to go ahead and walk like Jesus walked without accepting all of that. It's not going to work. Why? You need to be set free from that. The price has to be paid for you being born into sin. You were born, just David, in sin and iniquity was I conceived. That's what David, the man after God's own heart, that's what he said. It's in the Word. It made the Scripture. So it's true. We're all born into that. So Jesus set us free, and if He has set you free, you're free indeed. Awesome. Well, big deal. I've heard that my whole church life since I've been going to Sunday school when I was this tall. I was that tall when I was nine. No. What is big deal? My brothers and sisters, have we truly been set free? Do we understand what we've been set free from? Romans 8, 1 and 2. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Isn't this a great message? (laughs) It is a great message. Because I'm, I'm afraid, my brothers and sisters, that we've went ahead and we've skipped over all of that. And, you know, we in the Pentecostal church, and you've heard me say it from here, you know, the, the full gospel ministry. You know what? I want to see the gifts of the Spirit. I want to see, I want to see discernment. I want to see the, the charisma gifts. I want to see all the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, meekness. I, I want to see all of them. Self-control. That's one of them. Come on. Self-control. Faithfulness. That's another one. Come on. Come on. See, I want to see all of those things. Yes, those are all gifts and fruit from God. They happen as a result, though, of me being set free. Me no longer being a slave to sin. Me going ahead and and living now in Christ and having this eternal life in Christ. Not the eternal life that I'm hoping to see if maybe I, you know... I hold my mouth just right or I just do, the, do enough good things or you know, if I'm praying enough, am I praying long enough? Am I praying the right thing? Am I going to church enough? No! No! I've been set free. And we just read Jesus Himself said, who the Son sets free is free indeed. Free from what? Free to do what? Free from the old nature. Free from serving sin because that's all I knew. Come on! Man, this is an old-timey message. 
That's good because I got young people in here that maybe never heard an old timey message because we're all into that new fangled stuff where, you know, everybody's okay and, and Jesus is your pal, your buddy, your friend. And, you know, really God, the wrath of God is what we are escaping. My brothers and sisters, but He loves you. He loves us. He loves the world. He Himself fulfilled His own law, paid His own price, and took a beating. For who? Just for me. No. For God so loved the world. For everyone. Knowing full well that not everyone would receive Him. But to those who would receive Him, to them He gave the power to become the sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. So now I'm his son. I don't have to worry about serving sin anymore. I've been set free from that. I've been delivered from that. And all that that entails. My brothers and sisters, we still have all of these problems in the church. We still have the divorce rate the same in the church as out of the church. How could that be? We still have addicts and, 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 and homosexuals and, and all of these other things that are in the church and they say, this is okay. No, I'm talking about the church, quote unquote, air quotes for people who are listening. All of these things, all of the you know, you, 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 people problems, and we're coming in here. And we're 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 gonna come in. Yes, come. I I want the folks who are living like the devil to come in here so they can hear the truth and receive the truth and understand that they can be free from all of that. Not come in here and enjoy the the to, to be in a slave of sin, and you can still come in here and have fellowship with Jesus Christ. It doesn't work that way. He died so that we could be set free from that. He knows that that's going to be, at the end, your death. He's called us to live everlasting life now. Hallelujah. To enjoy the benefits of being set free now. So we ought to be happy and joyful. And we ought to not... You know what? Are we going to have problems? Yes, we're going to have problems. Are there going to be pressures and stresses of this? Yes, there's going to be... Listen, God told Adam and Eve, because of this, remember when we were together on Wednesday? Because you did this thing, you've allowed all this into the world. Now this world is cursed. So now you're going to have to endure this stuff. But, He pronounced the curse to the enemy of our soul and He told the enemy of our soul right then and there, the seed of the woman... There's always going to be enmity between you and him. You're going to bruise his heel, but he's going to crush your head. My Jesus crushed the enemy's head when he was up on that cross. The enemy thought it was all over, but he came up out of that grave alive. When he said it is finished, he said, Father, they're free. I've spilt my blood. They're free. Hallelujah. They're saved. Hallelujah. And then he backed it up when he walked up out of that grave alive. Hey, it ain't Easter. It's Christmas. I don't care. You can't have Easter without Christmas, baby. What's on your list? What is on your list? What's top on your list right now, man? Come on. Remember the woman at the well. John chapter 4. I'll probably read some of it, but I hope I don't have to. Remember the woman at the well. Jesus is at the well. He tells the Samaritan woman, give me, something, give me some water to drink. You know, she's shocked. Why, why are you, a Jew, asking me to get you something to drink? He said, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that's asking you, you would ask of Him and He would give you living water to drink. She wants to have a theological debate with Him. Hey, our father Jacob gave us this well. His sons, all of them, they drank out of this well. You, you know, I'm with that church. I'm with that group. Come on. I'm with, I identify with them. 
Are you greater than that? Hallelujah. You don't even have anything. The well is deep. You don't got nothing to draw with. How are you going to give me this living water? What are you going to do? I'm going to read for you from, from 13. Jesus says, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him fountain of, listen, a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Hallelujah. Springing up into everlasting life. Now the woman, Sir, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come and have to draw anymore. Okay, look at where her mind went. Give me this water where I can take it easy. Come on now. Oh, you're not there. Lord, give me this water where my life can be easier. See, my brothers and sisters, I'm old enough. I'm going to say it over here because she's going to. I'm old enough to have lived through certain movements. And I was raised up in a church that told us that if you're living right, everything's hunky-dory. There's there's no problems. You're going to enjoy. Mm -mm. I'm old enough to to understand that, you know what? I'm still going to have to work. Even though, you know, I am living in this new life, this everlasting life that Jesus has provided for me. He also told me, you don't work, you don't eat. Well, that's Old Testament, Tony. doesn't matter. The principle is the same because God knows Tony. If Tony could sit down and eat and not have to worry about working, Tony would look like a beach ball with little feet at the bottom and a little head at the top. No one got that? Are are you kidding me? Y'all better wake up. Think about it. He knows me. I will get lazy. I will not do anything. I'm going to... I had a talk with a... You know, again, I'm too transparent. Maybe that's... I've prayed for a long time, Michelle and I both, but I've prayed for a long time. Lord, I don't want to be bivocational anymore. I just want to run a church. I just want to pastor your church. I just want to grow the church. I just want to do all that. I just want to... I, Lord, please. And especially this job. I mean, it's so pressing. I can put in all these hours. Come on, Lord, give me a break. Give me a break. You know what the Lord re- revealed to me this week? Through a friend. And this is what I love about having the fellowship with the saints. I have a good friend who I've been friends with for years and years and years and years. We're the same age. He grew up a pastor's son. And, he, and I told him, hey, hey, so-and-so, I don't want to use his name, so-and-so, uh, you know, hey, you grew up under your dad. I mean, you saw a lot of things with your dad. And what was it like? I mean, you know, how big was your dad's church? And did he have, what were the, what were the challenges, the frustrations like? Because I find myself frustrated in some areas. And I told him, yeah, I really want to just be a full-time minister. And I, he said to me, he told me something. He said he was full-time. He pastored some big churches and he pastored some small churches. But it was all the same. There's always frustrations. There's always problems. There's always issues, which we know. But he said, the thing that was kept him going all of those years was there was there's always had to be the alone time him and god Amen. that was at times the only thing that kept him going was him chasing god him after god and you know i got a revelation because for me i'm always having to work harder because and i'm listen hear my heart i'm not trying to i'm not complaining does it sound like i am because if it is i'm not I'm trying to tell you my heart here, and I'm trying to give you some revelation that God gave to me. And my hope is that it would help you. 
because I find myself always busy and trying to and find time. And Lord, I need you know more time, and I gotta you know, and I want to be the best uh, pastor that I can be. And and my time is limited, so I gotta hurry up and do this. And I gotta, I'm always you know push, push, push. You know, God, that's my that's me. Because the minute I'm not pushed, the minute that it gets a little bit easier with the time, I'm going to find something else to do. God revealed that to me. That's my personality. I always work better with a deadline. That's just me. I always work better with a deadline. I always work better when I'm being pushed and, pushed and stressed. And I just came to that realization this week. So guess what? God, your will, your way. If I'm working two jobs until you come home to get me or call me home to get with you, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If there's 30 in the church or 30, it doesn't matter, Lord. Your will, your way. He knows me better than I know myself, but he just gave me a glimpse of what it might be. I would go ahead and I would stop being so intense about getting there. I would stop going. Anybody? Come on. Is that just for me? Come on. I'd be so, so... Yeah, I've gotten there already, so I I hit the goal, I hit the mark, and so now I can just take the foot off the gas just a little bit. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give me this water to drink because I don't want to have to come here all the time. I I want my life to be a little bit easier. How many young people, how many old people and everybody in the middle have gone down to an altar to pray because they were promised or they were given the idea by someone like me that you come up here, all your problems are over. You come up here, your life is going to be easy. You come up here, everything's going to be hunky-dory and peaches and ice cream and blah, blah, blah. How many? How many pray to prayer thinking, okay, now I just ask Jesus to come into my heart. I'm saved. I'm good. I got the net. Everything's good. No, this is about being taken from being a slave to sin to now being a slave to God, to now serving God with everything that I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's no longer just a concept. It's no longer an idea. Now it's my life. Come on. I know. What's on your list? What's on your list? See, on her list was, see... You know, if I could get something that would take some of this pressure off me. On her list was if I could just get something to go ahead and make my life a little easier. I'm in. That was on her list. Because he's saying, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that was talking to you. My brothers and sisters, we know who it is. And we know what the gift is. Hallelujah. When I was a kid, I, I can't remember... Well, I didn't even say it. She's laughing. Why you assume it was funny? When I was when I was a kid, not that many years ago. <laughs> when I was a kid, I know around this around Thanksgiving time, my mother would, you know, my sister and I would make these uh, these Christmas present lists. Anybody got a? Any, you kids have Christmas list? Ever, anybody used to do that when you were a kid? And she used to pin them to the refrigerator. And what happened was, in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, if I misbehave or anything, it got the top, something got crossed off the list. Why are you laughing? Why, it never happened to you? And my list stayed full. No, it did not. No, it, Tony was not born saved, that's for sure. But know what I did? I figured this out early on. So what I, ooh, get out of my way. So what I did was, I said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to 
put the things that I want the least at the top of the list. Pretty small for a kid. No, they had no. Listen, she wasn't dumb. I mean, she knew if it was socks, that wasn't real. She's. It had to be credible. But the things that I wanted least, I put at the top of the list. Figured I'd give myself a little bit. And the list was long, too. And I knew I wasn't getting all of it anyway. But the list was long. And, and I, I put the things that I wanted the least up at the top. So I had a little bit of, you know, running room. You know what I mean? Uh, I can go ahead and, you know, have an argument with the sister. And, yeah, I might get crossed off, but it was worth it. Because I didn't really want that. that <laughs> Come on now. You're laughing, right? Now let's get serious. Don't we do the same? Don't we do the same with our Heavenly Father? Hallelujah. I want some of these things. But you know what? Yeah, there's some things that are more important. Man, the most important thing is Jesus gave us eternal life. And that eternal life, my brothers and sisters, everything that goes with it, that eternal life is only in Him. It's only found in Him. And that means my life is totally wrapped up in Him. There is no Tony, and then Jesus comes alongside Tony. It's Jesus and Tony in Jesus. I, I know this, and I know some of you know this. This is what makes... Now, all of a sudden, I understand what Paul said. The Holy Spirit through Him. For me to live is Christ. For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. Hallelujah. The list, that list was exciting for me. I got a little wiggle room and still got, you know. It took her a number of years, by the way, to figure that out. But it happened. But that's human nature. That's the old nature. I wasn't a terrible human being. What I was was a human being. And before I came to Christ, I used to think, I'm not a bad guy. But then I met Christ. I saw His Word and I realized there is something wrong with me. I can, compared to everybody else, I'm not bad. Compared to Him, I stink. Especially realizing that even in my condition, he knew that I stunk on ice, but he still died for me. Hallelujah. What's important? What's on your list? What's on your Christmas list this year? I'm going to read to you one more scripture, I think. Romans, this is out of chapter 1, beginning verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Verse 21. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. My brothers and sisters, 
let's not neglect so great a salvation, and then let's be mindful of this. They knew God. They did not glorify Him as God. My brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I'm, I'm sounding an alarm here because I want to make sure that anyone who hears my preaching, anyone who hears my teaching understands this. God loves you. Jesus is your pal. He is your buddy. He is your friend. But He's your God. He's God. Yes, He made Himself a little lower than the angels. Yes, He did. He became of no reputation, but yet still thought it not robbery to be equal to God. But He humbled Himself. Humbled Himself even to the extent of dying on the cross. Amen? Hallelujah. He humbled him. He made himself low. But in him, him who? Jesus is contained all the Godhead bodily. He's the image of the invisible God. He's equal with God. He rose from the grave and is seated at the right hand. He is the strength, the power. He is God. My brothers and sisters, yes, he's my savior. Yes, he took on a body. Yes, he was tempted like me, but never failed. He is God. He deserves to be esteemed as God. My brothers and sisters, I do not want to go to a gathering and take the name of Jesus so lightly or take what he's done or what, what we're trying to turn this into and just make it, just, just kind of downplay it so that we could be accepted or received in the culture. My brothers and sisters, no. He's, he's, he's awesome. He's God. There, there's, I was going to read, but I'm, I'm not going to read. In Luke chapter 2, when Jesus was eight days old and Joseph and Mary took him to the temple to do the dedication, they were, they were operating by the, by the law. And so they took him to the temple and there was a man named Simeon. I'm going to have to read it. There was a man named Simeon there. And I want to read. And he beheld a man in Jerusalem who, whose name was Simeon. And his, this man was just and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. Upon who? Simeon. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up, Simeon took up Jesus, held Jesus in his arms and blessed God. And this is what he said, Lord, (laughs) you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. My eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all the peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. This man, it doesn't say prior to this that this man is a prophet. This man is just a devout man. This man is just looking for the consolation of Israel. He's looking for the salvation of Israel. And he recognizes by the Holy Spirit this baby. He takes this baby Jesus in his arms and he becomes a prophet. In that moment, he becomes a prophet. God fulfilled his promise to Simeon. And Simeon in that moment realizes the importance. 
The salvation. Do you see what he's saying? Do you see the words that he used? Salvation. This man, his life. He said, okay, my, my life is complete now. I can go ahead and, and you can take me home now, Lord, because that what I have been looking for all of these years, I've got to see with my own eyes. And then right behind that, there was a prophetess, Anna. Anna, who seven years after she was married, she lost her husband, only seven years. And then she lived the rest of her life in the temple, serving in the temple. When she saw Jesus, she immediately went up and told everybody about Jesus. My brothers and sisters, those people looking forward just by the word of God and just by being devout to God, following God, looking forward, they recognized salvation. They recognized the gift that had been promised and what truly that it meant. My brothers and sisters, what's on your list? What's that gift? Have you ever received a gift and you thought, well, it's okay. You know, it's not a gold watch. When I was a kid, uh, we were very family-oriented. And, and we'd, my grandmother one year, we, I had a bunch of cousins on the one side of my family. I was the oldest. And for whatever reason, my grandmother bought, bought me this little wool hat one year. And I watched my next uh, oldest cousin. He got a really nice watch. And I was a kid then, so I thought, man, I got stiffed. I'm just being honest. Man, I got stiffed. Man, he got that watch. But now I grew up in the Northeast. I didn't think I got stiffed when it was cold as you know what outside and I put that hat on. I, I, I couldn't have, I, man, I had a big noodle. I couldn't have fit that watch on my head. I put that hat on and I came to appreciate that gift. My brothers and sisters, please, hear what I'm saying to you right now and I, I, would, I tremble when I say this. Do not wait to get in front of Him to live the eternal life. You've been given it now. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've been given it now. You've been delivered. You've been set free. You don't have to go back to those old ways. You don't have to worry about those addictions that you had. You don't have to get on that internet and look at things. You don't have to do... Man, you don't have to do any of that. You don't have to worry about the next whatever it is that you're going to buy because that's going to bring you satisfaction in the moment. But it's going to get old too. You're going to need a bigger one or a newer one someday. But God, but God, He's given us a gift that we ought to enjoy each and every day. Tops on my list, man. How about yours? Can I get the praise team, whoever's left, come in and come on up? My brothers and sisters, I just, I, I, I want to pray with you. So as the song is, is playing, if you, want to, if you need prayer and you'd like for me to agree in prayer with you, not because I'm anybody, just because the, the Word says that we could touch and agree. Uh, I'm not claiming to be anybody special or anything special, but we can touch and agree. So while the song is playing, 
please come up. Let's pray together if you feel the need. If not, that's okay. Sing a song and let's adore Him. Let's worship God in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen.